أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد By Allah Ta'ala's Fadl we continue with our late night majlis this being the first night of the second ashara of Ramadan the the second ten days which is the uh, the the ten days that Allah Taala gave special emphasis on His maghfirah, uh, on His forgiveness, and so we uh, we make the du'a in these ten days. Rabbighfir warhamma anta khairur rahimin. Allah forgive and have mercy, and you are the best of those who have mercy. Allahumma rabbighfir warham wa anta khairur rahimin. It's the last verse of Surah uh, Al Mu'minun. Uh, that Allah Ta'ala says وَقُلْ رَبِّ اغْفِرْ وَرْحَمْ وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الرَّاحِمِينَ and say O Muhammad alayka salatu wassalam my Lord uh, forgive and have mercy and you are the best of those who has mercy Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala make it a Mubarak Ashara and accept whatever uh, passed in the first Ashara uh, and, and make the rest of the month Mubarak for us and accept it from us InshaAllah uh, although I'm hesitant to mention in um, mentioned in this majlis, but uh, for those of you who have uh, followed on social media or uh, see, seen the appeal on YouTube, uh, Ribat did uh, kind of abruptly lose his space before Ramadan started, and uh, we are in need of another space. The hope was to have these majalis in our space, but uh, they're back to uh, car rides and uh, hotel rooms and uh, uh, basements. Uh, so, inshallah, if any of these majalis benefit you and you've benefited from them, or any of the, the durus of Riyadh Salihin or Maliki Fiqh or the other special gatherings that we've had, um, then please do go to ribat.org, R I B A T.org forward slash donate and give what you can, inshallah, uh, in order that, uh, that there's facilitation for. Uh, for this work to continue and so that you can take a, a part in it as well. There's a great hikmah. You uh, see that the story of the life of the Prophet ﷺ is the story of the lives of his companions. Uh, and there's a great hikmah in that if the Prophet ﷺ came like an angel and proclaimed what he did and uh, what he proclaimed, uh, he himself would have done all the work and he himself would have uh, 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 been saved. And if others weren't participant in it, then the the phase of the Prophet wasallam, the outpouring of divine grace on him, it would have been khas, it would not have been am. And obviously the greater part of it is khas, it's specific to him. But the umumiyah, the, the, the generality of that, of that divine uh, grace that poured out through him onto the companions was through the barakah of their participation in his Mubarak life with him. And they're helping him at every turn and not abandoning him. And so if you uh, see something beneficial in this work, please... Uh, please also, uh, you know, take take myself and those brothers who are uh, doing the work uh, of Ribath by the hand and don't leave us alone. Inshallah, take with it so that the faith can be Am, inshallah. And if uh, there's any other work of deen, the most noble of which is to strive in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to propagate the knowledge of revelation, but any other work, 
whether it be taking care of the sick and the orphans and the needy and the poor and the weak, whether it be teaching, uh, uh, whether it be teaching even the this what they call the secular or the worldly sciences, material sciences to the children of the Muslims, whether it be uh, uh, running the masjid, whether it be any other other work, even to the point of the person who uh, mops the floor in the masjid or cleans the bathrooms in the masjid uh, or in the madrasa. There's no khidmah and there's no service of this deen that is uh, uh, divorced from greatness. And so whatever you can do to help any of them, uh, you know, that's what our lives should be here for. And especially in the month of Ramadan, uh, we're people who are quick to help. We should be even quicker, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts from us all. So at the Khatima and the end of Hazrat Shaykh's uh, chapter about the Mubarak Sira of uh, the Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we, uh, after mentioning his passing from this world, uh, we came on the, the Khatima, the end section that has to do with anecdotes about the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam striving and struggling in the spiritual path. And so, inshallah, we will read the rest of those anecdotes today, um, inshallah, and then we can move on to the other mashayikh of the silsila afterward, uh, whose, uh, whose barakah and whose uh, grace and spiritual maqam is nothing except for a shadow of the, 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 the brilliant uh, star and brilliant son of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the faith Allah ta'ala gave him. And there's a hadith of Sahih Bukhari narrated by Sayyidina Mu'awiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Uh, uh, Sayyidina Mu'awiyah radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Man yuridillahu bihi khayran yufaqtihu fi al-deen wa innama ana qasimun wallahu yu'ti. Whoever Allah ta'ala wishes good for, uh, uh, he uh, uh, gives them a deep and profound understanding of deen. And uh, I am not but the distributor, and Allah is the source. Meaning, if you want it, you have to go through Him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All of it comes to Him. Anyone from the Ummah of the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, no matter how great what they do is, Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, receives a copy of the reward. There's no way anyone can surpass Him. And by thinking you surpass Him, you're just in delusion. By accepting and loving Him and knowing that you're not going to surpass Him, rather you're nothing but a a branch of His goodness. Uh, Allah Ta'ala will increase you in goodness even more. Uh, and uh, so, you know, and I think that's that this hadith is very, it's important to understand uh, uh, in the context of the noble sirah and in, in context, the context of benefiting from the spiritual state of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a Sufic context. Uh, why? It's the divine providence that this hadith would be narrated by Sayyidina Mu'awiyah radiallahu anhu because he is a companion of the Messenger of Allah who accepted Islam after the Fath and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam kept him in his company and actually had him write down uh, the wahi, the verses of the Qur'an when they were revealed to him, meaning that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam trusted him. And he was a person who did great service for the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Those people who revile and curse the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's the first one they turn on and the first one that they revile and curse. And uh, he narrates this hadith that uh, uh, I am nothing but the distributor and Allah is the one who gives. And so whoever will uh, revile him 
uh, and revile the companions. It's as if they cut themselves off from the source of this uh, spiritual uh, uh, spiritual effluence and spiritual bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you don't get it from the authorized dealer, you're not going to get it at all. So uh, uh, it's all. Uh, I think it all fits together very well. And it's all very important to keep in mind. Hazrat Sheikh says, regarding the ibadat, about the uh, worship of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Every action and rest of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was worship. Every statement and deed uh, were manifestations of the condition of being a slave, of his slavehood. Every speech and silence uh, of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the remembrance of Allah and the contemplation of Allah. A few anecdotes of his ibadat will be mentioned here. Mughirat ibn Shu'bah narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم's blessed feet would become swollen on account of the very long salawat and nafil that he would pray. When the, messenger, when the companions عنهم, said, you endure so much hardship in ibadah, although Allah has already completely forgiven you, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, replied, when Allah has conferred this great favor on me, should I not then be grateful? And this is the, uh, the the purity of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from which he said that should I awala akuna awala abdan shakura uh, if that's the case if Allah has done all this for me then shall should I not be is it not proper that I should be a, a grateful slave? The Sahaba radiallahu anhum their purpose in asking this question was apparently uh, that the aim of ibadah of worship is the effacement of sin. Since the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was sinless, they could not understand the reason for undergoing so much difficulty in worship. The Messenger of Allah وسلم's answer implied that this was not the only purpose of ibadah. This is a very important uh, uh, secret uh, regarding the spiritual path that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, divulged to the people of faith. Rasulullah answer implied that this was not the only purpose of ibadah. Beside the acquisition of forgiveness, there are other aims of ibadah as well. Now when Allah Most High has completely forgiven him, the, the aim of his ibadah was to express gratitude. Sayyidina Ali anhu said that sometimes the aim of ibadah is to gain uh, jannah or what one desires. This is the ibadah of traders because the motive of uh, the motive underlying this worship is to exchange the worship for a reward. Sometimes the worship is for fear of punishment. This is the uh, uh, the the worship of 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 labor, laborers and slaves, who's uh, uh, who render their service on, on account of the fear uh, of the employer. One type of worship is uh, one that's not motivated by either fear or desire but is rendered solely as an expression of gratitude for the favors of Allah Ta'ala. This is the worship of free men. And people hear these things and they, they think the reason for having mentioned them was to, uh, was to somehow promote the uh, worship of free men at the expense of the worship of those who are traders or those who are uh, 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 laborers. Uh, and that's not the case. Rather, uh, love has so many different facets and dimensions in them. And some of them are jamali, some of them are beautiful, some of them are jalali as well, some of them are scary. Uh, anyone who's been in love before knows uh, what it is to fear something from the other and how utterly heartbreaking it is that the uh, beloved should be displeased. And uh, uh, both of those sets of traits are there. And a person who has kamal and has uh, 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 perfection in their ibadah, 
all of these uh, facets will be there. It's not that one is there at the expense of the other, because all of these facets were there in the worship of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his companions radiyallahu anhum. And the mention of these things is in order to expand and open the minds of uh, of of the salik of the one traveling the spiritual path to Allah subhanahu wa taala, uh, not to not to say that one is uh, good and the other is bad. Sayyidina Ata, uh, uh, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, said that he once asked Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha to narrate some wonderful act of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She responded, uh, radiallahu ta'ala anha, that every act of the most noble Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was wonderful. She then added, once the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to sleep, he slept with me. After a short time, while he said, I shall worship my Rabb, my Lord, he then stood up and made wudu and engaged himself in the prayer. He started to cry so much that the tears flowed on his uh, blessed chest, and then he went into ruku' where he also cried. He then went into sajda and again cried. He lifted his head from sajda and cried again. This condition remained until morning uh, when Bilal radiallahu anhu uh, stood to call him for the Fajr prayer. I asked him, why do you cry so much when Allah has forgiven you so completely? He replied, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, should I not then be grateful? And he then added, why should I not do so when today he was revealed to me the verses and he uh, recited the last uh, verses of Surah Ali Imran. The ulama have written that after rising from sleep, a bit of the Quran should be recited, for this produces cheerfulness. Furthermore, it is recommended to recite these verses, uh, uh, the last uh, verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. Uh, according to the hadith, these uh, ayat should be recited especially at night. The reader will, inshallah, be protected against many calamities. Uh, the the last verses of Surah Al-Baqarah are a from the adab of sleep that a person should recite Amin or Rasulu bima unzila ilayhi min rabbihi wal muminun to the khatima of Surah Al-Baqarah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give all of us tawfiq. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked for his crying. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Shakhir radiallahu anhu narrates, I came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and found him in prayer. On account of the crying, a sound like the boiling of a kettle was uh, coming out from his chest, meaning that his uh, tears and his crying at times uh, was not uh, merely just tears coming down his eyes, but he also uh, his breathing would be affected by by his his uh, his state. That's how much he would cry. Uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu uh, narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam once said to me, "Recite for me the Quran." I said, O Rasulullah, it was revealed to you. How can I recite it to you? He said, My heart desires to hear it from you or from other than me. In obedience to the command, I started to recite Surah An-Nisa, said Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. This is also from the Kamalat, from the perfection of the Prophet sallallahu effacement of his own ego, that he preferred at times to hear the Qur'an, even though it was revealed to him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he preferred to hear it from other than him. Uh, I mean, mashallah, even these small stories, they show the kamalat of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that, um, you know, a man, even his friends can praise him. Like, but my, my experience is that your wife, 
When your wife meets another man's wife, you're always going to find out something about them that you didn't know from before. Even though the two of you could, could have been friends for decades. When your wife meets that person's wife, even if they're meeting for the first time, your wife will say, oh, she mentioned this, that, and the other thing. You'll find out something about that person that you never knew from before. Uh, why? Because you cannot put up pretense and fake in front of your wife. So the fact that Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, who lived a very long life after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and she was by no means uh, uh, in any sort of compromised situation. Rather, uh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, during his reign, um, basically the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam were given protocol of state. They were taking, taken on hajj, and uh, uh, you know she would actually give fatwa sometimes in opposition to the legal opinion of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu during his uh, caliphate and uh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu would, to would tolerate and accept that uh, and take it very seriously rather than uh, rather than her being somehow beholden to him or or under threat or whatever. Um, and this is also from the virtues of Sayyidina Umar and the completeness of his love of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Sayyidina Aisha, if you read her, radiallahu anha, if you read her juristic opinions and the way she would talk and deal with other people, she was a powerful woman and she didn't used to, uh, 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 she didn't used to hold back if she wanted to say something. Uh, Allah Ta'ala be pleased with her. So the fact that she's speaking like this of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that which she knows about him in his most, uh, 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 intimate of moments uh, with uh, uh, with his family life and with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, means something because uh, it's very rare that a person's uh, you know wife will who knows them when all the pretense is done who knows them the way they are inside the house that, that, that they would uh, um, give such a complete picture of his beauty sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so it's from the perfection of his effacement also that he wanted to hear the Quran and he wanted his own self to have no portion thereof. So he asked Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu to recite for him. Uh, so he said that, I started to recite Surah An-Nisa. When I reached the verse, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا مِنْ كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ بِشَهِيدٍ وَجِئْنَا بِكَ عَلَى هَاؤُلَاءِ شَهِيدًا uh, he said that I glanced at his blessed face sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and I saw tears streaming from both of his eyes. Uh, when he read, how will it be on the day when we bring a witness against every nation and we'll, we will bring you as a witness against, uh, uh, against these people, meaning against this ummah. Hazrat Sheikh writes, according to the ulama, there are several reasons for uh, crying at this, uh, 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 several reasons for crying in a human being. On account of the benefactor's kindness and favors, on account of happiness, because of pain, worry, hardship, oppression, crying because of toba, repentance, tears flow on account of remorse for having committed transgression, hypocritical crying, such as crying in order to deceive people or create the idea of one's piety. Unfortunately, this is something that happens a lot as well. Uh, unfortunately, mashallah, we're in Ramadan where this is uh, this has become somewhat of a trade in industry amongst our uh, beloved and wonderful uh, Quran reciters that lead taraweeh, um, where I'm told that this is a thing from people. Uh, I hope I never witnessed it before. I always had good opinion of the hafaz that read, but I'm told this is a thing that they will literally uh, memorize memorize uh, uh, where the the popular qaris cry at, 
or they will, and, and they'll fake crying themselves at that time, or they'll uh, memorize the du'as uh, of popular qaris uh, when they make khatam so that when the, the, the lesser known qurra have their own khatams, they will make the same du'a. Uh, many of them not knowing a lick of Arabic and having no idea what they're talking about, uh, and uh, uh, they'll cry at the same points that the qari cries at. And Allah Ta'ala, your tears mean something to him when they're a sign of the sincerity. It's a sincerity that means something. And the tear, tears are a sign of the sincerity. The tears themselves, if it was an act of piety just to put tears out of your face, then the awliya of Allah Ta'ala would sit with onions all day and just break them in their face. Uh, but uh, that's not something that, that, that deserves Jannah. That's something that deserves a slap on the back of the head. So be real. Be real with yourself and be real with others. Through that reality, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will bring the tears, uh, not from your eyes, but from your heart, um, and the eyes will have no uh, no recourse except for to manifest that which is in the heart one day as an expression of one's sincerity. Uh, otherwise, hypocritical crying, unfortunately, is is a thing. Allah Taala protect us from it. Hypocritical crying, such as crying to deceive people or to create the idea of one's piety. Customary crying, such as uh, on the occasion of a death, people are either paid to cry or cry for free. This is merely to uphold the custom uh, which is in vogue in some communities. The Jahili Arabs, they had Bawaki uh, women who would basically uh, cry for hire um, in order to show the greatness of the one who cried. And, uh, um, or, you know, the women of a family would raise a great, uh, a great uh, uh, show uh, in order to honor the, the dead. And uh, it's not an honor to scream for the dead. Uh, although one of the things that, that I found very touching was that uh, uh, when the uh, uncle of the Prophet وسلم, said, Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib, when he passed away, uh, he, he, he didn't marry and uh, he had no one to inherit from him. He had no children to cry for him. And uh, he had very few relatives. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was the closest of his relatives. And so the women of the Ansar, because it was the custom uh, custom that when someone died, that they would have uh, these women that would grieve and mourn. The women of the Ansar themselves, they got together to honor the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and they cried for him. And uh, undoubtedly that was something that was motivated by Iman, even though the Prophet وسلم, dismissed them and and. You know, because it's the protocol of Islam not to raise a hue and cry when somebody passes away. The tears that come from a person's eyes uh, uh, involuntarily are forgiven. But the, the making of a big show uh, is, is considered a sin. Um, because of that, the Prophet ﷺ told them just to break it up. But uh, the fact that they, they, they did that, they cried for the pain of the Prophet ﷺ in and of itself is something that, that's touching. May Allah Ta'ala be pleased with them. Uh, the the Prophet sallallahu um, he swallowed inside of his heart the gham and the pain and suffering of the entire mankind, both those who accepted his call and those who didn't, and he would cry tears for them. And whoever then accepts and swallows into their heart the pain and suffering of that Prophet sallallahu alayhi those are truly Mubarak people. Allah Ta'ala make us amongst them. Crying in sympathy, a person cries when he sees another crying. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, his crying was generally the result of love and mercy or fear for the Ummah or out of fear or love for Allah Most High. 
Hazrat Sheikh Rahimullah Ta'ala remarks, I have observed all of my seniors crying much during the Salat. Hazrat Sheikh uh, uh, Zakaria Rahimullah Ta'ala, he met many, a great many of the, 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 the elders and the senior scholars, um, including Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, whose, uh, whose janazah he witnessed when he was a child. Uh, including uh, including uh, Hazrat Mulana Sheikh Al Hind, uh, Mahmoud Al Hassan uh, uh, of Deoband, including uh, Hazrat Madani, uh, including a number of people who may even be have been younger than him, but were people of great rank, high rank. Many of the Hijazi ulama uh, he also met uh, um, uh, uh, the great the great ones and the elders and the younger ones as well. Uh, because he passed away in Medina Munawwara and he was buried in the Baqi' next to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Medina Munawwara next to his companions radiallahu anhum in Medina Munawwara in the Baqi' uh, I'm told that he was buried not far from Imam Nafi' and Imam Malik uh, with his own Shaykh Mawana Khalil Ahmed Saharanpuri who was the Khalifa of Hazrat Gangohi he said I observed all of my seniors and elders crying much during Salat and during Dhikr I had the occasion of frequently seeing two elders sobbing profusely my father uh, 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 and his father Mawana Yahya uh, was a very close student of, of Mawana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi uh, my father and uh, uh, the most uh, uh, the most uh, uh, pure Sheikh Sheikh al Islam, Mawlana Hussein Ahmed Madani. Sometimes I was roused uh, from my sleep because of having heard them sob. They say that Mawlana Hussein Ahmed Madani, who is the Sheikh uh, of my teachers, uh, 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 both in in Tariqah and in uh, in Hadith, that that they narrate from him as well. My Sheikh Mawlana. Uh, uh, Abdul Halim Chishti, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give him afia and long life, uh, as well as uh, uh, the, the ulama that I read hadith from, Mawana uh, Mahmoud Mia, who read from his father, Sayyid Hamid Mia, and Mawana Amanullah Khan, who read from his uh, father, uh, Mawana Karimullah Khan, uh, and uh, their other students like Mufti Abdul Wahid and uh, Mawlana Khalid uh, 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 Mahmoud who was named after the Allama Khalid Mahmoud um, they all they all uh, Mawlana Hassan they, they read from the students of uh, Mawlana Hussein Ahmed Madani as well so uh, Hazrat Sheikh Zakaria said that two of my elders they, they, they used to cry frequently uh, and I was often roused from my sleep just because the sound of their sobbing he says my father and Mawlana Hussein Ahmed Madani uh, they say that Mulana Hussein Ahmed Madani used to wake up at night and read his tahajjud and make his dhikr. Uh, and then he would make dua. And uh, he would make dua in their village language. Uh, and because in the Indian subcontinent, you know, there there's not just one language. There's a f standardized and formalized Urdu. Uh, and then there's like a provincial language. And then there are village languages some people speak. Some of them even like castes, like people are from different uh, tribal origins and things like that. Just their own family or caste or clan speaks that language. And so he said that uh, despite both of them being geographically from the same UP area of India, um, he said that Hazrat Madani used to then make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and, and, and in, a, in a very uh, humble and in a very... Uh, a very humble voice, uh, like a small child, uh, uh, you know, speaking to their parents. He used to make dua in, in the language of their village. He said, I couldn't understand anything he was saying. Uh, 
and uh, he said that he used to just make dua so lovingly in that language and he would just weep the whole night and uh, I, I, he said, I had no idea what he was saying. And this is one of the beauty, beauties of our elders is that they were real. And a lot of, mashallah, a lot of our uh, uh, young people nowadays, uh, uh, especially uh, those who are from an Ajami background, from a non-Arab background, they kind of have like an inferiority complex. So they kind of try to act Arab, you know, which is fine. Our mashaykh, mashallah, were masters of the Arabic languages, language and its subsidiary sciences. And we love the Arabic language and we love the uh, uh, the Arabic uh, uh, custom and culture, not the hummus falafel, but the actual sh- chivalric culture of the, of the Arabs, uh, of the tribal Arabs. And we love the Arabs as well. Wallah, we do. And uh, uh, we, we love them because amongst them is... Uh, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's enough to tip the scales in any any case and I don't feel bad about saying that at all that I love the Arabs because amongst them is the messenger of Allah and amongst them is the companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that's sufficient for me uh, to completely end the discussion without any need for debate or, or further examination however you know you kind of you are who you are and uh, uh, this is one of the beautiful things about uh, about the our elders that, that that we met and we read from in the subcontinent is that they weren't ashamed of who they were, and they made Islam their own in a very genuine way, not in a, I'm trying to make like a, a an Indian Islam or a Desi Islam or an American Islam type of way, but they just were who they were, and the Islam expressed through who they were rather than trying to express who they are through the Islam. And so Hazrat Madani rahimahullah ta'ala used to pray, obviously make zikr in Arabic and, and pray. Obviously the Quran is in Arabic. You're not going to read the Quran in the Salat no matter how much uh, uh, weird people on the internet uh, want to make you believe that it's an p- opinion of Abu Hanifa. They didn't pray in Persian or Urdu, uh, but they prayed in Arabic. Um, and then afterward, afterward he would sit and make dua and he would speak to the Rabb Tabarak wa ta'ala. Uh, who has his divine and sacred names in every tongue of human beings and of animals and jinns and of creations we don't know and tongues uh, that that are not spoken by the creation either. And he would call on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with pure humility and with sincerity. Uh, And this is also, you know, it's a sunnah. Uh, in emulation by by reality, if not by outer form, outward form, that they would they would make these duas to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, with so much uns and so much uh, uh, intimacy and so much sincerity. Mulana uh, Hazrat Sheikh he ends the chapter by mentioning. He said, "I have heard the sound of the sobbing of Imam Rabbani at the time of Zuhr. Imam Rabbani, who is mentioned here, is Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi." Or sorry, not Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, Afwan Mulana, Sheikh Ahmad Sarhindi, Mujaddid Al-Thani, Al-Imam Al-Rabbani. He said, I've heard that the sound of the sobbing of Imam Rabbani at the time of Zuhr, uh, when he would engage in dhikr or tilawat, could be heard from outside of the walls uh, of the building he was in. Uh, uh, and these are obviously, this is not done in tasannu, and this is not done, you know, in order to look sufier than thou. Uh, uh, because these are people who kept it real uh, and they used to hide the, the, their state. The awliya of Allah Ta'ala, the greater part of their state, no one will ever know except for Allah. Uh, um, they used to hide their state, but oftentimes there are people, sometimes their states overwhelm them. 
and uh, uh, these things they 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 they, uh, they they leave from them. I was just telling my children earlier uh, today that uh, that those who attended the Zikr Majlis of Shah Abdul Qadir Raipuri, who is the Sheikh of our Sheikhs, uh, uh, he was the Sheikh of Mulana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi uh, as well, and he was the grand disciple of Mulana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi through his Khalifa Shah Abdul Rahim. Um, that, that those of our elders who visited his Khanqa in Raipur in UP, um, they said that the sound of dhikr that was made in that, uh, in that, uh, in that Khanqa, um, there was so much barakah in it that when the people would say, Allah, 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 La ilaha illallah, he said they could hear it literally from the next village. Um, as if the, the walls themselves are echoing and re- reverberating with the sound of the dhikr. Those types of things are not done by faking it. They're definitely not done by screaming, uh, uh, screaming your head off and wearing out your your, your uh, vocal cords. Uh, those are things. Uh, they just happen when they happen, and they're there when they're there, and uh, they're a byproduct of uh, they're a byproduct of a certain state in the heart, uh, the state that cannot be uh, earned by yelling and screaming. Uh, it can only be earned through someone's uh, sacrifices and their mujahadat. The one who sacrificed for something for the deen, to them the deen will mean something. The one who sacrificed something in order to learn the Qur'an, for them the Qur'an will mean something. The person who sacrificed something for ilm, for them ilm will mean something. And for all the rest of us, there's always uh, Twitter and Facebook where we can give our opinions about all sorts of things without knowing what we're talking about, not having read a lick of Arabic in our life, and uh, give our opinions about this thing and that thing and the other thing. It doesn't mean anything to us because easy come, easy go. Uh, and I don't want to belabor this point, but I, just, I read something. Some, you know, people will follow you on Twitter or whatever, and so you look at, you know, who is this person? So there's one profile. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I better get good grades. Allah better give me good grades because, uh, 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 you know, because I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be literally, I'm gonna be pissed if all of this hunger is for nothing. And uh, you know. I mean, the, the person is still fasting, right? It's not like it's not like they're a kafir who's like smoking a joint or like whatever, having a beer on the street corner and eating like machine slaughtered chicken or something like that. Uh, at least not intentionally. Um, they're still a Muslim, but what is it, right? That person who hasn't hasn't sacrificed something. You hear about the Sahaba or the Allah on whom not eating cooked food for, uh, not even eating cooked food for like months at a time. Uh, but even then, uh, if if the slightest thing were to happen to Rasulullah some they would weep. They wouldn't cry at their own poverty, but they would weep. And one of the Sayyidina Khabab ibn, ibn al-Arat, uh, no, sorry, Sayyidina uh, Khubayb radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was, uh, 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 I forget the name, please forgive me, who was uh, uh, executed by the Quraysh, the Quraysh, Mushrikeen of Quraysh trapped him and uh, imprisoned him and they took him to outside of the haram in order to kill him uh, and he's the one from who, for whom the sunnah for execution the person who's going to be killed the sunnah is that they should if they're able to read two rak'ahs before their death and he's the one who started that sunnah and the messenger of Allah was informed by wahi of his martyrdom um, he, he was asked when they were about to execute him that would you not that Muhammad be in your place right now 
and he without skipping a beat you know he said to them he said well i would rather i'd rather give my life than even a thorn go inside of his foot sallallahu alaihi wasallam those who sacrifice something for deen they know what that is you know they understand what that feeling is somebody's never sacrificed anything you know everything is just like uh, uh, you know sheikh is like oh fatwa okay if this is hard then do the easier thing if that's hard do the other thing they keep taking rukhas right rukhsa is the word for dispensation and rakhis is the word for cheap they keep cheapening their deen then they shouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day all they're left is with is cheap goods because they never spent anything for it um you know so you know coming back to coming back to uh, you know what we were talking about the topic of crying um you know struggle in the path of allah ta'ala wake up when you don't want to wake up stay awake when you don't want to stay awake be hungry when you uh, uh when you want to eat something apologize when it's not even really your fault but you're only doing it in order to uh um, in order to join the hearts uh, uh you know stay silent when someone chews you out even though it's not your fault what they're chewing you out about uh you know do all of these things make go through these pains go through these sufferings go out in the path of allah ta'ala lose sleep uh, uh, you know, lose lose money, lose time, lose things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then when you uh, hear uh, in the ayat of the Quran and the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu and the ahwal of the sahaba radiallahu anhum, even though what we do is not even a drop in the ocean compared to them, you know, still at least you can make an analogy that the ocean, if it's not made out of a million drops, it's made out of a billion or a trillion, at least there's something to make an analogy with. But if you have nothing, then you cannot make analogy through zero. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Uh, at the end of the day, what do we have? We don't even have a drop in the ocean. Allah Ta'ala at least give us this much tawfiq that his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's companions radiallahu anhum and all of the awliya of Allah Ta'ala who are the reflections uh, of, of those uh, bright stars uh, Allah Ta'ala made them so easy to love at least we should leave this world having had the tawfiq of loving them uh, uh, which is such an easy thing to do for somebody who's, whose heart is not crooked Allah Ta'ala give us at, at least that much tawfiq wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in